I think the strongest feedback I have is when I go back and they remember things I told them. Uh-huh. Exactly. So they'll be like, oh, can you show us this, this moon again? There's a stinky moon called Ayo, you know, like that one is a, I'm very colorful in the description. So people remember that moon from, from Jupiter. So that, that's, that's kind of like the best gauge I have right now. Mm-hmm. Kids remembering what I told them. Yeah. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. This is Annalise Corbin. Welcome to the next episode of Learning Unboxed. And once again, we are on the road. We are in beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I cannot tell you how awesome that is, given the weather back in Columbus, Ohio. Um, It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's a sunny fall day. And we have the privilege of getting to be at the Santa Fe Children's Museum today. And we are going to be talking planetarium. In fact, planetarium programs that go far and wide and have amazing impact um, on a variety of students in and around um, the communities. And our guest today is Assis Gonzalez, who is the planetarium coordinator for the Santa Fe Children's Museum. So welcome. Hello. Thank you for uh, having me. I am very excited to talk about Stargazer, which is the portable planetarium program. And for our listeners, I just got to take a tour. You don't, although maybe we'll be able to find a little video and a lot of photos that we will post for you. But Assis does a wonderful job of telling a variety of stories. So uh, Assis, start just telling us a little bit at the highest level about the Santa Fe Children's Museum. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's generalized mission, I guess, if you will. Well, <clears throat> our generalized mission is to basically teach through play. All right. So we don't, we're not a uh, a museum that has, you know, uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, all signs and everything. We try to actually keep that to a minimum. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, play exhibits where you just play. And, you know, throughout your adulthood, sometimes you'll remember something from when you were a kid. And maybe playing through this thing helped you learn about physics and, and that sort of thing. You know, so you can drop a ball and see where it goes and all sorts of things. You know, it's learning through play is the main mission. Which is a pretty amazing thing if you step back and think about it. We should all be so lucky, uh, quite frankly, a lot later in life as well. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> so, but specifically, your role here is with the planetarium program with Stargazer. So, tell, tell our listeners what exactly Stargazer is and why would a small museum in Santa Fe have this program? Well, uh, Stargazer Portable Planetarium is kind of like a giant inflatable balloon, and inside is like a movie theater. But instead of a you know a rectangle like your movie theater, you get a giant circle, a big window into space. Um, my my mission, my personal mission, is to get kids interested in learning about their uh, environment and their surrounding areas more than just uh, you know structured kind of just homework and stuff like that. I want them to be excited about learning. Um, basically, the planetarium was actually a gift, an anonymous donation uh, to the museum. And then they decided that they were going to use that gift uh, to help our community around us. So uh, people worked, we got grants, and that pays for uh, me to go out to schools. It is free to public and Title I schools. 
And so I think that's the thing for our listeners to really sort of dig in the most. So lots of folks know what planetariums are. You go someplace, there are these big, massive, almost monolithic structures that are erected in, you know, massive either science exhibits or museums or universities. Some universities have them. Sometimes your city might have a standalone, but it's pretty unusual to actually have a planetarium that actually comes to you instead which is part of what I love about the stargazer, um, com, you know, idea. So, so how, how big is this thing and how on earth do you take it away from here? <laughs> well, <laughs> because that's going to be one of the questions every teacher wants to know, will it fit in my classroom? And that is a thing. <laughs> uh, when I email teachers, I send a picture because it's hard to envision what it is. It's basically a 20 foot wide, 15 foot tall balloon made of a blanket. Right. And uh, basically it folds up uh, the balloon itself. It folded up like a sleeping bag, put it that in a case. And then I put the projector in its case and the fans and everything. So you get these three cases and then it's about 150 pounds. I have my cart that I push them in. Uh, it is tiring. Uh, I'll say, but uh, <laughs> it, it fits in a, it can actually fit in a passenger car. Wow. That's pretty amazing. You just have a back seat, So it does fit into this nice uh, three case package. And I have my own stuff. I have activities and stickers that I give out. And so the programming then, so let's talk a little bit about that because the programming that happens is, is it very rote? It's very canned. It's the same all the time, or is it pretty dynamic? How do you like to operate? I like to kind of just play as by ear, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I like to, it's majorly focused on the solar system, which is what I, I love and study, uh, but it's also based on their questions. So there's no canned script. Mm-hmm. Uh, I basically just going to go with the flow. And it does, you know, it always changes every once in a while, besides kind of like the central point of the solar system. But sometimes I'll just talk about planets. Sometimes I'll talk about the moons, which are a lot, you know, most of them are a lot more interesting than the planets than the themselves. Planets themselves. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is truly awesome for them to feel like, you know, another planet is about to squash them. <laughs> and then they keep asking for us. That's the problem with that one. Uh-huh. I love uh, it. Every time I visit some of the planet, they're like, make it smash into us. <laughs> That's perfect. And depending on the age group, I'll talk a bit more about the moon, the formation, or why has the craters and so forth. There's different kinds of craters on the moon, black uh, mares, and then the regular white ones. So now we are on, at Saturn. So one of the things I've learned to do with this planetary is actually not only just VR, but using video. Make it seem like I can do things that the planetarium cannot actually do, like flying through the rings. And actually, most kids nowadays they know the rings aren't actually solid; they're made of a uh, you know pieces of ice and rock. But it's mostly ice, about ninety-nine percent ice. You know, again with the whole there's uh, there is actually water in the solar system. Most of it is ice. And then you either uh, uh, dodge the uh, the rings or you eat them. And so, when you interact with the students, or you 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 work with a teacher um, to go into a particular school or classroom, is there is there a lot of prep work that you're doing? or that the teacher's doing ahead of you coming, sort of set the stage for us for how to get the greatest value out of the experience. Because we will have listeners from around the world that will hear this and say, hey, that's really intriguing. I'm going to reach out to uh, C's and say, hey, you know, why might this be like? But you're also probably going to have a fair number of folks from the region, some who know that this is available to them and others who have no idea and they're going to want to have it come. 
Well, that's one of the more difficult things because no one actually knows what to expect. I can <laughs> explain it as much as I can and then I'll get there and then people are like, oh, is that what it is? <laughs> and uh, so I try to describe it. Like I said, in my emails, I put a picture of myself with it uh, so that they know what it is. But all the plan work uh, is uh, uh, usually I'll email a teacher They'll email back with their interest. We'll schedule a date. There's there's no real formal way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And then what I have them do is I make they make a schedule. So I don't know what their hours are like or anything. Right. So I try to meet about five classes per day. Uh, generally, each class will have about an hour, and I have them make a schedule for me. And that way, I know when to show up and everything. Mm -hmm. So I have them do that. And then there's a surprise of uh, me showing up with the stuff. They know what I need in terms of space. Right. Right. And so I, will, I have this whole list of uh, things I need from them. And uh, generally, there's, there's, done, there's been no problems with that. And so then how does the actual program, you have a projector, but is this material created by the Santa Fe Children's Museum? Or is it materials that come as part of Stargazer? Because Stargazer is a thing, right? Yes. That you were gifted uh, to the museum. And so, or do you create new stuff for it? Or how does that work? Well, <clears throat> I... Create stuff for it. I do actually do that. I use uh, the Adobe programs uh -huh. uh, to edit videos, and I put pictures in there myself. Okay. So actually, a lot of it is uh, my stuff that I put. So in. a lot of this is a C's created yes. program. I didn't make the program itself. Right, That's right. Digitalis. Right. Uh, but I, I do try to make my own content, and I try to use because the software itself is. A little bit limited, mm -hmm. uh, so I had to use video and VR to actually extend uh, what I can do with uh, just the base software. Mm -hmm. And so for our listeners, while um, I was getting my brief tour of Stargazer, one of the things that we did was we were talking about water in the solar system. Yeah. And so share with us a little bit about how you, you explained all that to me, because I thought that was a pretty novel way, because you modified what was going on in there and created a thing to make it more meaningful for me. So I'll do that different ways, actually. Sometimes I'll just show the Earth. Sometimes I'll fly towards the Earth, towards the ocean. And then I'll, uh, I basically play this. Uh, one of the videos, VR videos I have is this uh, hammerhead shark uh, feeding area in the Bahamas. And the kids love the sharks, of course. Mm -hmm. And they all like go, hammerhead sharks yeah. and stuff. So they'll, they'll be swimming around. And that's a good area to start off with how unique Earth is, as far as we know. We're... Even just water itself, we're the only planet in the solar system with liquid on the surface. On the, there's lots of water in the solar system, but most of it is frozen. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, and having water on the surface is very helpful for life. So that's one of the unique things about uh, the Earth. So that's, that's how I connect it to the solar system. I'll also talk about sharks. You know, sharks kids, are curious. Kids love sharks. They, they do. Right, yeah. You, you know, can't go wrong. Stars and sharks. Oh, yes. my gosh. You're, like, amazing. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, humans have fingers. We can touch things when we're curious. And uh, sharks don't. They have teeth. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they, they test things with their teeth. That's... Uh, bad for us but most of the time they're not attacking as well right. also when I, I had I, I do actually have a, a lot of life stuff in VR so mm -hmm. sometimes if especially for the little smaller ones I'll do more uh, earth and life that sort of thing and so the kids obviously I'm sure have no doubt a it's really exciting for this thing to come to their school that's always exciting for kiddos um but but back to to my to my point kids love sharks kids love stars I mean they are a captive audience I mean yes. they are excited yes. to see you mm -hmm. so you get that joyous benefit um, but I also would assume that means you get an awful lot of questions some of 
of which I assume from the kiddos, there's there's sort of a standard sort of expectation of questions that you're going to get. So I'm really curious um, about some of the questions that you see frequently. Well, I'm uh, I'm always bad about remembering stuff like that. Uh, but the questions I, uh, I always get asked about black holes. You know, mm-hmm. can we see a black hole? Where are they? Uh, people ask about wormholes. They ask a lot actually about the more cosmological stuff. And really, I, and I do actually have VR black hole stuff uh, to supplement uh, those questions. Uh, I get asked about planets. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what color is Pluto? People actually, a lot of people don't know that Pluto is reddish brown. Mm. Yeah, see, a lot of people assume it's it's uh, um, uh, it's blue. Just know? a frozen ball of ice out there. Yeah, floating you around. think yeah. it was blue, but it's not. You yeah. know, uh, Mars. You know, people assume it's hot. Mm-hmm. That's also another question I get about Mars. It's it's not. It's very cold on Mars. Uh, the sun. What is what is it made out of? And and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, do the kids? Um, do the kids go on journeys with you in the sense that do they lead you in directions that you weren't necessarily experiencing? Some more so than others. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, no. Some more so than others. Uh, I will get uh, classes that will just kind of be like, can we go to Venus? Yeah. And then they'll go to Venus. Other other times I'll get a, like 10 kids asking at the same time, can we go here? Can we go here? Can we go here? And then you just kind of try to go in the order of things you've heard. You know, some kids are like way more excited about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, actually, uh, I, I do, since I don't really have a script, I try to tether it to what their questions, what they want to see. Because mm-hmm. I think that also makes them more excited about what they're looking at. What's the what's the follow up? So again, you know, thinking, putting my school teacher hat on, right, and yeah. and to, to make this more than just a field trip. So so what what is the follow up that happens? Do or is is there any? Do the schools do anything back with the museum on the heels of this? You know, even if it's just from follow up units, do they communicate with you? Do the kids ask you questions ongoing? How does all that work? Well, uh, that's that was always a hard one to do because we actually do want to be more in communicate mm-hmm. communication with schools. I I have my own uh, list of activities and I think books that are mm-hmm. that are worth reading for the kids and the adults that I give out to teachers. I have surveys. Uh-huh. I think the strongest feedback I have is when I go back and they remember things I told them. Uh-huh. Exactly. So they'll be like, oh, can you show us this this moon again? There's a stinky moon called Ayo, you know, like that one is a, I'm very colorful in the description. So people remember that moon from, from Jupiter. So that that's, that's kind of like the best gauge I have right now. Mm-hmm. Kids remembering what I told them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they they actually bring it back around for you. And I guess I want one of the things that I would wonder, and I understand that that might not be data that you have at this moment, but um, I do wonder how how lasting those memories are, right? Because oftentimes for kids, you know, their greatest learning is when they're so immersed in something. Yes. And when when you bring Stargazer to their school or uh, just so for our listeners, as I explained to me, Stargazer goes out several days a week, um, but on the weekend, Stargazer is here. Yes. So it, it's, it's available in a number of different sort of venues and formats for folks to engage with. Um, but, you know, the, the, the kids remember those things because it grabbed them. It, you yes. know, it was part of their sort of the imagination story so you wonder how far out um, the kids 
continue to draw on that. And I would suspect for some for a lifetime, if there's something that they loved. That is my hope, but it really is a hope. I, I don't have, yeah, there's no hard data on that yeah. that I can gather besides I get lots of schools that ask me back. Right. And uh, they remember most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Uh, and so how far how far do you travel with Stargazer? So when I started here, it was within 100 miles of Santa Fe. I kind of stretched that because I actually live in Albuquerque. So I would like stretch it a little bit from Albuquerque you know, yeah. just to add schools in there. But now uh, we've gotten extra funding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're traveling all over northern New Mexico. Okay. Uh, basically any anywhere above I-40 or interstate I-40. And uh, and then again, if they're close to it, you know, a little south, mm-hmm. I'll still go. Yeah, that's all right. So basically northern New Mexico and the plan is actually to expand to the whole state at one point. Wow. From- with, uh, with an added employee as well, which you're looking for. <laughs> I was going to say that's more than just one person, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And is it more than one stargazer? Uh, that is also a, a thing we want. <laughs> Uh, it, it, Stargazer saw about 7,000 kids last, uh, my first uh, school year, and uh, it, it was a little rough. And mm-hmm. that's a main, you know, put some maintenance into it. So um, the idea is we want another Stargazer, another person, and to expand all over the state. Mm-hmm. That's a very lofty goal for yes. a small museum. Yes. I applaud you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, the state is also helping us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, as you think about the potential of Stargazer, mm-hmm. so the things that you're not doing with it right now that you could do with it. Um, you know, I'm sure you have ideas, but I know you, you mentioned that you add um, all kinds of supplementary, you know, programming, you know, sharks, um, you know, landscape stuff, whatever that you're, you're bringing into it. What else could you imagine using it for as it relates to sort of thinking about sparking interest in kids? Have you given that much thought? Uh, expanding into other sciences, like, like, like I said, I do the VR to do a little bit of living things. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't gone as far as I want to yet. Uh, so I do want to talk about just uh, living things, you know, biology a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm technically a geologist, <laughs> so I do want to do more geology stuff as well. So sometimes I'll do a little bit talk about volcanoes. So I do want to expand into other sciences, not just astronomy, mm-hmm. uh, which has been my hobby since I was 13. And I love it so much, but I do want to get more interest maybe in so maybe something someone can find something that they never thought of before and get excited about it. And we see planetariums doing that um, frequently. That you know, there's more than just star shows going on. Yes, that's and exciting to me. It is exciting, yes. right? Because again, it becomes that space, that that literal bubble, right? That engages kids because we take them out of their environment, we put them mm-hmm. in something else, and suddenly it's left to our imaginations. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even do things. <laughs> so I actually set aside usually at the end just a little bit to show something that's more just fun. Uh, more exciting, like I actually have a, a roller coaster through the solar system video, uh, which oddly adults don't really like, but the kids love it. Well, it's, the uh, little bit of zooming you did, I have to admit, it made me a little bit nauseous. So that's that's a little <laughs> more intense. So the kids yeah. really are into that because it is kind of there's roller coasters and stuff through uh-huh. the solar system, and there, there's arts a little uh, more artsy dome. There's actually a lot of dome festivals that put a lot of art in them, and mm. uh, so getting those videos and showing. Uh, the kids, I'll show the more artsy ones, besides not the roller coasters, but right. the more artistic ones to kind of hopefully kind of get them excited, even just about, you know, something really beautiful. 
So what did the teachers tell you that they do with the program? Do you get to have or hear that feedback? I guess that's one of the things I'm really curious about. I keep coming around to this, but it's one of the things that we hear all the time, right? You know, and I, what, one of the things that really appealed to me about Stargazer when I stumbled across what you guys uh-huh. were doing here was the fact that you are literally taking it and you are planting it inside of a school or classroom. You're leaving with them for a day or two, depending on how many you know, kids you got to cycle through. But you're there for long enough for the kids to feel like, hey, this thing could be tangible for me. And so I'm just really, really curious about what what the teachers do with that. Because, you know, the hope is always that, you know, field trip for the sake of field trip is not, you know, it's a fun experience. Don't get me wrong. We all need a break from that, from the everyday. But the reality of it is we, we, there's so much learning that takes place when we're so engaged. Well, that's always another hard one, but uh, I do get teachers who uh, very few will ask me to like, can you talk about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then afterwards on second visits is usually when I'll get like uh, that uh, or, or they'll base it off of, well, we'll have, sometimes I'll have a quiz on what I do. Mm-hmm. I talk about, um, but that's really as much as I've uh, heard on that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, very, very, it doesn't happen very often. Sadly. No, I, I, I've offered actually many times. I can like, I could always answer questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever need any help, I'm there. Uh, but I don't hear right back very often on that. That's really unfortunate. Yes. Yeah, so. in, in so many different ways. I just can imagine the power of what you were able to create. Because, uh, yeah, uh, I'm hoping at least the kids get inspired, but I would like, you know, more more teacher interaction a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done, <laughs> even though I've actually done, like after a, a class, I, they're, they're looked at, we looked at maps and they're like, what does this happen? I'm like, oh, I see this. Uh, the, because the Northern Hemisphere has more land mass, you know, it gets colder faster, and warmer faster, stuff like that. So I've, I've done little supplementary stuff like that before. But again, it is not very often. Mm-hmm. So uh, a potential direction for the future, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we do try to meet standards. Uh, so I do have a booklet of standards for Earth science that mm-hmm. I carry with me. And, and I do... You know, at least try to get that mm-hmm. uh, in there. In, and in the hands of the teachers to recognize that this was authentic learning, not yes. just fun learning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the other things that you shared with me when we did our little mini tour that I was pretty fascinated about, and as an anthropologist, this was sort of near and dear to me. A little minor. Yeah, well, there you go. That was a brilliant minor on your part. <laughs> yeah, the, ge- the geology, okay. The anthropology, that was really <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love the fact that you tried to to show the cultural components of some of the things that you could do utilizing that tool. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's one of the things that I don't think very many people have been exposed to. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when you think about constellations in astronomy, you most often people will just default to the Greek, you know, now, which I think is a shame because Thousands of cultures, each with their own, you know, different constellations. They all used it in their own way. Most of it, you know, like calendars. Right. So, like, I do like to, uh, the planetarium comes built in with a lot of cultures. Uh, so, I'll talk about, you know, Arabic cultures. They're very important for astronomy. Most star names are Arabic. Uh, but still very similar to Greek uh, constellations. So, I'll talk about uh, um, uh, Dakota. Uh, Polynesian, you know, kids that love Moana, uh, and yeah. they use the, the Polynesians, they use the constellations to find their way around the islands, just navigating. You know. And Disney did a great job of reminding us of that, yes, even yes, in the movie, yes, so that yes. helped. They had, it, they had Maui a little bit different, but uh-huh. I think they did really good on how, how they, they, you know, they, these were explorers. Right. 
Right. Just kind of like went out there and discovered more more islands. Just terrifying to me. It is. Can you um, imagine? Yeah. <laughs> and depending on the uh, the culture of the school, I'll do Navajo as well. That's a bit more tricky. But <laughs> why? Give us some context for folks who might not understand why that one would be a little tougher. Uh, some Navajo don't like it when other outsiders talk about their constellations. Oh, okay. So, so uh, it's very personal. So it's very personal. Uh, so I don't really tell the story sometimes. Oh, with right. Uh, I kind of just point them out mm-hmm. and why some are called a little bit why, but uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, yeah outsiders uh-huh. yeah, talk absolutely. about Navajo constellations. Uh, so they're very protective of that. But mm-hmm. I actually just went to a Navajo school last week and they were just, they were okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think that it's probably pretty intriguing and interesting for, you know, any of those different settings. That's just another opportunity for them to learn about yes. others, whether mm-hmm. it be today, you know, you know, associated with Navajo, or if you think about what's going on in Europe or in any other place, right? In the, the dichotomy, I guess, if you yeah. will, mm-hmm. uh, of opportunity in those conversations. So do you think the kids get it? The cultural piece? I think the older kids do. Yeah. See, that one's a, one that has started recently, so I'm not entirely sure how. Um, I like it. I hope you continue that because yes. I think that's a really, really... It is one I'm hoping to expand. Yeah. Uh, because there's an important, you know, at least to humanity, there's these stories up in the sky and they're just not all uh, Greek. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I also think it gives you an intriguing opportunity to get to the to get to questions about um, the origin myths, you know, once again, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So just like there are as many stars, there are ideas about the stars, right? Yeah. Um, we have as many origin stories on this planet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fascinating. But again, I digress. That's the anthropology hat coming out. No, no, no. That's, that's <laughs> kind of why I was heading into that. Because uh, again, adding more science, stuff, yeah. uh, anthropology in there, even if just a little bit, you know. But the reality, yeah. it's all steeped in the science. It's why how we interpreted what we could see, what we yes. understood, right, and our belief systems, and so on and, and so that, forth. And it's all related. Some are lost to time. Like yeah. it has the Aztec constellations, and there's basically three, <laughs> right, that we know of, you know, right. But we knew we know that there were there were many many more. Oh, yeah, they're just yeah. gone to us. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. just lost at the time. They they weren't that much into writing about them. <laughs> right, right, right. No, absolutely not at all. Mm-hmm. So when you think about then the scaling of this across the state, so ultimately I would assume it's more than just time and people and equipment, right? Scaling across the state theoretically has some intriguing programmatic implications for you and for the museum as it relates to the programming being out there. How does any of that sort of impact what happens day to day here? Or have you guys really even sort of thought about that sort of big piece? Well, we're kind of our, uh, hypothetically, we're kind of our own little arm of the museum. Right. We're, 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 I'm paid by grants. Right. That's where my... You know, soft money. Soft money. Yeah. So it's technically, it is supposed to be a little side thing, mm-hmm. uh, but the... I'm hoping I um I get more people excited to come here. Mm-hmm. But that one's harder when you go further. It's oh sure, expensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do offer free field trips, but we can't pay for the buses. Right, right. Um, uh, but we actually, I actually help out here. So even though my, my I'm supposed to kind of just be a stargazer, if they need someone to cover, I'll help cover yeah. and uh, you know work on designing exhibits and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Because uh, I, I uh, when I started working here, I, I, I really fell in love with this museum, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I want to be part of it. Yeah. And uh, right now, I'm helping take care of the animals because one of our, our animal caretakers is uh, she had to go to school, so she's doing that. So I'm helping take care of the animals, helping build exhibits, and uh, you know, out there talking to the kids. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so there's actually kids who know me now. <laughs> and they, and they, they, some of them actually like going into Star Games. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so they take advantage of it on the weekend. Yeah, no, it is Um, absolutely, and I think that sort of gets the the heart of it, right? So, because oftentimes, um, you know, and and certainly even on this program, we go and we talk to lots of really big museums or science centers, but we also talk to a lot of smaller museums and science centers, and you know, children endeavors and communities. And the reality of it is that it's a lot of people who are deeply, deeply passionate about providing resources and opportunities into the communities where they live, right? Recognizing that, you know, um, these students become, they they are our next citizens. It's a a really key component of the work that you do. And I can tell you without fail, I haven't met folks in these settings that are not so unlike you. They're very passionate about what they're doing. That's why uh, I was a park ranger. Uh, you know, I worked in a planetarium for years and a park ranger for two years. And the things about those jobs is that anyone who's there is basically wants to be there. And it's, it's pretty wonderful. To yeah. See, you know, excited yeah. people excited about doing their work. Do you get the chance to use, so Stargazer goes um, off and about in the school year. In the summertime, do you do special programming with it? Or does it is it still just on the weekends in the summertime? I'm curious because that's the other question I get asked a lot. Okay. Is the informal, the after school and summer experiences for students? Well, I actually, uh, last year I got summer schools. I went to school still. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just like, hey, I'm doing summer school. Can you? Because I was like, might as well do summer school. Right, yeah. Uh, so I did that. Uh, the problem is in July, we do our uh, summer camp. Uh-huh. And uh, so that eats up like this year. Next year is going to be six weeks. That's six more weeks of summer camp, yeah. So there's more than half the summer already mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. So I basically have this little bit of summer. I can go to summer schools. And uh, the, busy, the planetarium is here on weekends, mm-hmm. uh, even in the summer. Uh, it's There's no added the cost. To right. it. It's part of the admission price. Uh, but it's basically um, me doing summer camp. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not stargazer specific, but I do use stargazer for the camps. Oh, you do. So yes. it's incorporated into mm-hmm. your summer programming. Is the summer programming specifically theme based? So each week is something different, yes. or mm-hmm. it is? okay, so each week is different. Uh, last, actually, it's not even last year yet. It feels like last year. It's this <laughs> summer. Last summer, it's just um, over. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was very I know, long. I know that feeling. It was my yeah. first summer camp. Oh uh-huh. my god, I was tired. But then it was like really quiet afterwards, and it was super weird. Yeah, uh, to get used to that again. But no, it was like we had the first week was uh, aquanauts, which is about underwater. So I yeah. first had the underwater yeah, right. stuff, and uh, then it was biosphere. That was harder, but I had a lot of life. Added VR and stuff, and then so it's basically. Uh, so you're using Stargazer even in the summertime for yes, some of these components for the the summer camps. It's not like a hundred percent, right? Right. Because I do activities as yeah, well, science yeah. activities. Yeah. But when, you're rolling it in. Yes, and yeah. um, yeah, you know, putting it in there somewhere or another. If not, just to show kids the stars. Yeah. Even if it has nothing to do, a little bit, but I try to. Yeah. See that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so many opportunities in that space. So. Yes. So one of the things that I get asked frequently is about, okay, in my community, if I don't have this thing, but I really want to do something similar, sort of how would I do that? And so I always like to leave the program with some giveaways to the folks that are listening, right? So um, Learning Unboxed is all about case studies and positive disruptions in education in our communities, whether that's teaching, learning, or work, or, or take your pick. And so folks are out there thinking, wow, this is a really, really cool thing, but I don't live 
in and around Santa Fe. New Mexico. Right. So as a teacher who wants to bring aspects or elements of this without a stargazer remotely close to them, how do teachers do a really great job of teaching this? What's your recommendation? Because you're living it on multiple sides of this equation, right? So, you know, you've been involved in planetarium stuff for for a long time. You're a research scientist in your own right, you know, whether that be from the geology or the work that you're doing though, right? (laughs) But the reality of it is that you have a lot of experience to bring to the table. So, my, my my question really is, is for those folks who don't have access to you or to Stargazer to come to their school, but really want to do a great job of sparking kids' imaginations, whether it be in space or, you know, the cultural components tied to uh, those different things. How, how, what are your recommendations for folks to be able to do a good job with that? You mean like if they can't afford a planetarium? Or- yeah. I mean, you know, because Stargazer, I can't imagine, is um, an easy lift. Actually, videos are really good for astronomy. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of good, great programming out there. The BBC just did the uh, the Planet series, which is really amazing. I, I actually think most of it is your own personal excitement about it. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you truly, if you truly love it, like I do, and it really comes out when you talk to the kids. And uh, so just uh, try to actually try to use, use visual you know, stimuli for that kind of stuff. For astronomy, you know, mm-hmm. it depends on the uh, geology would be more hands-on stuff yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So it depends on the science. A lot of these planetariums are bought on grants. Mm-hmm. So grant writing, uh, there's a book called Writing for a Good Cause. Yeah. Uh, one, yeah. That one. So learning grant writing actually is, uh, there's, all, there's actually a lot of money out there for mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, Albuquerque, actually, the, Al- the Albuquerque Astronomical Society has their planetarium uh, through grants. Uh, and actually, Belen, New Mexico has a planetarium they don't use. School mm. has one. I was actually just told about that. Mm. Uh, so I'm hoping maybe they can expand that. I told them I'd help them. You know, yeah. if they want to learn how to use it, you know, they can do programming themselves right, there, right? If they need to. So there's actually uh, there are actually people out there too. Uh, sometimes you just have to find them. Yeah, and they're kind of hidden. <laughs> yeah, be willing to ask a lot of questions and yes. they can it around a little bit. Yeah, but that's yeah. A- uh, that's that's the best as I can answer that because I've been in planetariums a lot of times. I've been I've been very uh, uh, lucky in that I can use them to teach people. <laughs> and uh, the reason I actually joined here is because it is free to the community mm-hmm. uh, for public entitlements. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and that was what I got most excited about. So yeah, if you know, actually just. Google, maybe you'll you'll yeah. find oh, uh, yeah, someone yeah. out there has it. Uh, write grants, you know, and uh, they're pretty pricey, but maybe you can yeah. get your own. Yeah, so uh, you can get one to your community. Absolutely, yes. mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, righty. I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your day to talk with me about Stargazer and what's going on at the Santa Fe Children's Museum. It's my pleasure. I love our program and. Uh, and if you pay for the plane ticket, maybe I can go somewhere far. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Note to listeners, bring him in. He'll come. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely, uh, I love going to the schools. And uh, I, I do overschedule myself because I love doing it. But, yeah. And uh, actually, can I, uh, we're, we're hiring for my position. Can I talk about that? Absolutely, sure. Um, so we are hiring here at Santa Fe for a, a duplicate position of mine. Because, again, we want to expand. Um, the uh, uh, astronomy knowledge is, you know, nice. Uh, but basic elementary knowledge is enough. We would like someone that's bilingual, bilingual Spanish mm-hmm. and English, because that's a lot, what a lot of our community is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you want to apply, and if you're interested, it is a lot of fun. 
Uh, Indeed.com is where our position is. Planetarium Coordinator, uh, Santa Fe Children's Museum. Perfect. Excellent. So not only um, can can you buy a plane ticket and then have him come see you, but <laughs> if you're really, really intrigued, you can come here and, and work and share in the joy. I should ask Susan about the plane, but <laughs> just put it out there if someone asks. <laughs> there you go. She's our executive director. Yeah. Thank you so very, very much. No, thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.